From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, cataract extraction and intraocular pressure, part two. You know, if you thought about a glaucoma medicine that uh, lowered pressure approximately 20%, uh, had very little side effects, one-time deal and last for three years, it would be a pretty good glaucoma medicine. First this. This year's ASCRS annual symposium was great. I learned a lot that I'm applying to my practice right now. If I have any complaint, it's that I couldn't get to all the sessions I wanted to because some of them overlapped. That's why I'm so excited about the new ASCRS Media Center. More than 1,300 sessions from that meeting are now available through this great new resource. See what you missed or revisit the most interesting sessions. The Media Center is free to all meeting attendees. Stay tuned after the podcast for more information. This is part two of my interview with Stephen Mansberger about intraocular pressure reduction resulting from cataract extraction. We pick up where we left off last time. How do your findings compare with those of other studies? There's been a couple papers, um, for example, um, by Poley, P-O-L-E-Y, who showed similar findings that those with highest uh, levels of intraocular pressure were the ones that had the most uh, IOP lowering. Um, and um, a similar, you know, results have been found by Samuelson, who looked at cataract surgery uh, in patients that were in a regulatory study. Um, their study was a little bit uh, more difficult to interpret because some patients were on glaucoma medicines prior and, uh, and as well as after the surgery, where ours were not on any glaucoma medications either prior or after the surgery. So um, I think our studies are, are very consistent with, um, with previous studies. Um, and um, the only other, you know, difference perhaps might be with the Shingleton paper, which included glaucoma suspects, glaucoma, and normal patients. They had a um, less IOP lowering than we showed in their study. They showed a, a 1.5 uh, millimeter drop, where our study, you know, dropped pressure by approximately 4 millimeters. So... Um, so, you know, I think they're pretty consistent with, uh, with previous studies. I think the, the duration of, of, uh, of IOP lowering uh, has not been shown by other studies just because they haven't followed them out this long. Steve, what do you think the etiology here is? Yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting question because, um, you know, several studies have shown that cataract surgery lowers pressure and, 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 and you know, what is the mechanism? And uh, there's been several uh, studies looking at the mechanism of action. Uh, some studies have shown that um, patients who have a more narrow angle or a more narrow angle configuration uh, using, a, uh, such as, for example, OCT, those patients who have a, uh, those with more narrow angle actually have more IOP lowering uh, subsequent to cataract surgery. Our um, manuscript was including the OATS study, and those patients all had open angles. So we, um, you know, didn't look at angle configuration because everybody had open angles. But uh, that is a consideration that perhaps uh, the cataract surgery removal um, opens up the angle, and, and, and the specific mechanism behind that may be that the uh, longitudinal ciliary 
um, muscle, which attaches to the zonule around the lens. That gets pulled by the centripetal force of the of the lens within the bag, the new pseudophagic lens in the bag, and that pulls on the scleral spur and opens up uh, the uh, trabecular meshwork, similar to the way that pilocarpine would work. Um, the other um, mechanism is that uh, so that would be kind of considered a um, mechanical hypothesis, and and then there's a biologic hypothesis that um, the phaco emulsification unit uh, stimulates uh, enzyme release from trabecular meshwork cells, and those enzymes are similar enzymes that are stimulated by prostaglandin analogs, and uh, it uh, increases uveal scleral outflow. Uh, and that's a, a manuscript that was worked on by, by Joel Schumann. So, there, you know, similar to many things in glaucoma, there's a mechanical hypothesis and there's a biological hypothesis. Um, and I think that uh, it could be a combination of both uh, mechanisms. Steve, the patients in the study all had ocular hypertension. How applicable do you feel your results would be to a patient population with glaucoma? Yeah, it's a... You know, the, the, the problems with um, extrapolating the results to patients with glaucoma is that the risks, of course, are higher, you know, and, and patients who have very severe glaucoma, um, they uh, may not be able to tolerate, um, you know, a complication from cataract surgery. And, um, and the other issue with cataract surgery is that uh, several papers have shown up to 60% of patients will have an ILP spike, intercal pressure spike, after uh, cataract surgery, even normalized. Um, and uh, the other studies have shown that this ILP spike will uh, be a longer duration in those with glaucoma. So it's a little bit of a risk-reward type mechanism uh, because those with glaucoma uh, have little uh, reserve for a risk, um, and and so it's hard to to say whether or not um, they would you know perform better or, or or worse than this study. The one thing I would say though is that you know anybody with uncontrolled glaucoma, uh, you know you you probably need to do you know a glaucoma surgery and a cataract surgery, and only those with mild glaucoma who are well controlled and they perhaps one or two medicines. Uh, and and need cataract surgery uh, should have cataract surgery. The other common question we get is, what about just doing a clear lens exchange in you know in somebody who doesn't really have a visually significant cataract uh, but has glaucoma? Would that be a, a reasonable uh, treatment? Um, and again, we can't comment on that um, at all. But uh, you know, and we don't recommend uh, doing cataract surgery unless. Um, there's a visual benefit to doing it. Steve, let me reiterate what you just said. You wouldn't advocate cataract extraction in the absence of a cataract, uh, purely for the reason of lowering intraocular pressure. But having said that, might cataract surgery be considered a therapeutic option for lowering intraocular pressure for those patients with cataracts? Yeah, I mean, you know, if you thought about a glaucoma medicine that uh, lowered pressure approximately 20%, uh, had very little side effects, um, and, uh, you know, a one-time deal and last for three years, it would be a pretty good glaucoma medicine, right? And, uh, you know, cataract surgery 
uh, could be considered that a, a one-time deal. It drops the pressure by about 20 percent, and um, you know it has a, a, a good effect on approximately about 40 percent of patients. You know their pressure is lower than less than you know more than 20 percent below their preoperative IOP. So uh, the way to think about that, I think, is just um, whether or not this you know 17 percent drop in pressure is going to be enough for this person. And if so, then 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 yeah, you could you could consider doing the cataract surgery alone. And and the only caveat about that is is I think you just need to warn the patient that this may not lower their pressure adequately and they actually may go higher. It may actually go higher in about ten percent, at least in our study, and maybe in glaucoma patients it even be more. And um they may need a subsequent glaucoma surgery relatively urgently. Um but, uh, you know, with those caveats, I think uh, if you have an early glaucoma patient with, uh, you know, mild disease and, and uh, you know, well-controlled or borderline pressure, then you could consider cataract extraction alone. Steve, in the context of your own practice, when a patient comes in uh, with ocular hypertension, let's say a moderately high-risk ocular hypertensive, whom you'd otherwise treat according to OATS protocol, and the patient has a is beginning to develop a cataract. How do you manage that patient in your own practice? Yeah, so let's say I have a patient who has ocular hypertension, who has a large cup to disc ratio, a thin cornea, higher pressures, and you know you use a risk calculator and you show that their risk of developing glaucoma is is fairly high, maybe forty or fifty percent. You, you look at their angle, their angle is wide open. Um, and, you know, I would start them on glaucoma medicines to begin with, obviously. And then they develop a visually significant cataract. Um, you know, I would treat that cataract uh, like I would do anybody else. But I also explain to the patient that, you know, they may actually not need the glaucoma medicine anymore. And their pressure may drop into a normal range, you know, with the cataract surgery alone. But um, I think it's, um, you know, I think I'm approaching the patient similarly, you know, whether or not they have ocular hypertension. The only difference is those that have ocular hypertension may not have ocular hypertension after uh, their cataract surgery. It's really important not to extrapolate um, these group of patients with normal optic nerves and normal visual fields uh, into your, you know, moderate and advanced glaucoma patients, or even your early glaucoma patients, because, um, uh, you know, maybe it's a continuum, but, um, we, you know, you really can't use the results to say that, that uh, you know, your glaucoma patient will have a 70% drop in pressure, and, and it may be um, that they need a combined cataract extraction and trabeculectomy. So I think it's just important to, to let the patient know if you both decide that you're going to do a cataract alone, that they may require subsequent glaucoma surgery. And, um, you know, they shouldn't expect that the pressure will drop a huge amount. So, uh, you know, it's only about a, you know, a 17 to 20% uh, drop in pressure, which corresponds to about a four, four millimeter drop in, in um, between preoperative and postoperative IOP. Steve Mansberger, thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome, Josh. Steven Mansberger is Senior Scientist and Adjunct Assistant Professor of Ophthalmology and Public Health and Preventative Medicine and Director of Clinical Trials at the Devers Eye Institute. He's also Director of Glaucoma Services at the Veterans Administration Hospital in Portland, Oregon. His paper, 
reduction in intraocular pressure after cataract extraction, the ocular hypertension treatment study, appears in the September 2012 issue of Ophthalmology. Here's some additional information about the new ASCRS Media Center. Almost all of the 2012 ASCRS ASOA meeting was audio and video recorded, and there are now more than 1,300 sessions featuring almost 1,000 speakers available online. You can view the general sessions, ASCRS paper sessions, symposia, films and posters, plus select courses and ASOA sessions on business management. It's essentially the entire meeting, anytime you want, and it's all available through the new ASCRS Media Center. If you attended the meeting, your Media Center access is free. If you're a current ASCRS or ASOA member but didn't attend, you can still see everything that you missed for the member price of $199. If you're not an ASCRS member, you can still purchase the Media Center, or better yet, Join us and get the lower member price. To view the 2012 meeting through the Media Center, visit the ASCRS website at www.ascrs.org. If you're already a member, log in first and then click the Media Center link. If you're a guest, just click the Media Center link at the top of the page. From there, you can purchase the Chicago 2012 package or, better yet, Join the ASCRS and receive the discounted member price. Ask questions of Dr. Mansberger or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at jyoungmd at gmail.com. As Seen From Here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.